We've reached the middle of Mark's Gospel, so we're taking a break from Mark this morning. And I had the privilege on Thursday night uh, to speak in the Christian Union uh, here in Cardiff. Um, I uh, hold uh, the work of the CEUs very uh, close to my heart because I came to know Jesus Christ in the Welsh Christian Union in Aberystwyth. And I was asked to speak on justification by faith, which sounds a bit of a mouthful, but that truth is what the gospel is really all about. So this morning, I would like us to consider uh, the first verse that we had in our reading. So I'll read it again. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. Galatians 2, 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Now, I don't know if you noticed in that reading, uh, Paul says three times, we are not justified by the works of the law. He says three times we are justified by faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, so I think it's a bit obvious uh, that this truth of justification by faith alone is really important. Uh, otherwise, it wouldn't be put three times. Um, Martin Luther, who rediscovered uh, this truth after it had been buried by years, decades, centuries of church tradition, he said, um, Paul here is repeating himself because it's as if uh, he wants to bang it into our heads. I like that. That's typical of Luther, isn't it? Bang it into our heads that this is the most important truth in all the world. Now, that's what I want to try and do um, this morning, in love, of course. Uh, we may not know many things, but we've got to be sure about justification by faith. Now, before I explain it, I want to say something. Luther went on to say, this is the pillar on which the church stands or falls. Um, have you heard of Atlas, that um, giant uh, in mythology that held up the world? Uh, this truth of justification by faith is like Atlas. If it's not there, everything crumbles. Uh, can I give you this personal example, which I find quite scary? I never heard about justification by faith till I went to the Welsh Christian Union in Aberystwyth. I'd been attending a Presbyterian chapel in Llandidno Junction for years, and I never heard justification by faith. Not once. And do you know, if you'd go to Junction now and look for that chapel... It's no longer there. It's been demolished. There are houses there instead. That, that's a vivid picture of when the church stops focusing on justification by faith. She's no longer a church. Um, I've got these very focal glasses this morning and it's taking time to get used to them. Sometimes you're a blur. Sometimes the word is a blur. 
So what they're making me do is focus on one spot. As long as I'm focusing on one spot, I'm okay. I'm not going to fall over. And that's what the church has to do. We've got to focus on justification by faith. So it's important for the church. Or oh, may this pulpit ever focus on justification by faith. But you know what? It's not just important for the church. It's important for you and me personally. Uh, what is justification by faith? Let me show you why it's important to every one of us as individuals. It's a legal term, right? It's legal. So it's the opposite of being condemned. If a person in court is guilty of uh, a crime, he's under condemnation. It doesn't matter how that person may feel. It doesn't matter how nice that person may be. They are under the condemnation of the law. When a person is justified, it's the opposite of that. They are declared not guilty. It's wonderful, isn't it? They are acquitted. And this is why it's so important for every one of us here this morning. Because by nature, we are all under condemnation. That's quite a sobering thought. Uh, I haven't got time to go into the background, but in this letter, Paul says, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew, a religious person, or a Gentile, somebody from the outside. We are all in the same position in terms of the law of God. We are under condemnation. That's why you and I need to be justified. And I never heard about that in the chapel I was brought up to attend. Uh, we were being told in the CU meeting uh, on Thursday night about uh, uh, direct evangelism, uh, first contact evangelism. And I had experience of that going to the Christian Union in Aberystwyth. <laughs> After the meeting, uh, people were coming up to me and they asked me something I never got asked in chapel. Are you saved? I'd never come across that question before. Are you saved? If you are, when were you saved? You see, these people were concerned about me. They wanted me to be saved from condemnation. And oh, my friends, that, that's what I want for every one of you here this morning. Are you saved? In, in a way, it's a dangerous place, isn't it, the church? Because we can get into a religious mentality. Uh, I can think uh, of myself because I'm in a smart suit, uh, because I'm attending twice every Sunday, that that is giving me brownie points with God. But that's not the issue. The issue is this. Am I saved? Are you saved? That's the big question in the Bible. Um, I think it was Job uh, who propounded the question, how can a man or a woman be right with God? Here he is, aware of his condemnation. And the one thing that matters is being reconciled to God. That's our greatest need. With all the talk today about other things, this is the one thing. May we never forget that. And there's a verse in Hebrews which says, man is appointed, wants to die, and after that the judgments. 
whether you're a professing Christian or not, lay that aside. One day, we're going to die, right? We don't know when it will happen. Uh, think of that um, footballer, Salah, uh, that uh, Cardiff City uh, uh, bought. He, he got on a plane, and he thought he was flying to Cardiff, but instead he was hurtled into eternity. Man is appointed once to die, and after that to stand before our maker in judgment. So are we ready? Are we ready? Um, Luther again. Um, Luther was a law student, and um, he, like any other student, wanted to have a good time. And one day Luther was walking with his student friend, and it was a thunderstorm, and his friend was struck by lightning and died instantly. And you know what that did to Luther? It convicted him. Luther realized, I, I need to be saved. Uh, this is how Luther began to think, you see. He was just a normal person like you uh, and I are. And seeing his friend die suddenly, Luther began this thought process. What would have happened if I had been that person? If I had uh, died uh, that day, would I have been ready to face my maker? This is what justification by faith is all about. How can I be ready to die? How, how can I no longer be condemned, but be forgiven? Oh, don't you want that uh, this morning? This is the most important truth in all the world. I, I just long that somebody here this morning will come and know what it is to be convicted and then know the answer. So how can you and I be made right with God? That's our question this morning. And there's just two things to do, negative and positive. <laughs> Negatively, it is put three times, as I said at the start, we are not justified by the works of the law. What is that? I, I've already hinted at it. It's this idea that we can somehow make ourselves right with God uh, you know that, that's what Luther tried doing um, I, I love Luther he, he was a volcano of a man <laughs> he uh, was big in every way big in his mistakes and big in his strong points and when Luther felt that he wasn't ready to die do you know what he started doing he, he started trying to justify himself by the works of the law. So being Luther, he went all the way. So he stopped being a law student and he joined the monks. And he didn't join any monastic order. He joined the most strict ones, the Augustinians. So that, that's the first thing he did. And he didn't give him any peace. He still had this little voice of conscience saying, you're not right with God, you're not ready to die. So do you know what else Martin Luther did? He started doing austere things, harsh things. He slept on a stone floor, thinking that that would make amends and give him brownie points with God. 
apart from making him more uncomfortable. It didn't help him spiritually at all. He still had this nagging conscience, so he did something else. Oh, he went to Rome, and going to Rome in those days was the thing to do in terms of going on pilgrimage. And he didn't just visit Rome. He climbed a certain tower in Rome on his bare knees and chanting Hail Marys as he was going up. And that still didn't give him any peace. Oh, is, is there somebody here? Not quite going to those extremes. But, but you're trying to justify yourself by your own works. Um, I gave this example on Thursday night. Um, DIY. That's what you're doing. Do-it-yourself religion. <laughs> and you know what? I'm no good at DIY. Uh, I started in the church uh, needing bookcases and I started trying to build a Billy bookcase from Ikea myself. I, co I couldn't do it. I can do it now, but I couldn't do it. I had to call an elder to do it and he did a much better job. DIY Christianity. It's not going to give you peace. Actually, the more you try to do to make yourself right with God, the worse it'll get. Have, have you ever climbed up a scree slope? Um, oh, I, I love coming down scree slopes. Uh, you once were able to scree run in this country. Most of the scree slopes now have eroded too bad for that. But if you try going up a scree slope... Uh, these little stones, every step up you take, you take two steps down. And it's like that's when we try to justify ourselves by the works of the law. So I'm thinking now of elderly people uh, who say it's chapel. That's what I'm putting my trust in. Oh, I've spoken to so many elderly people over the years who are faithful in attending a place of worship. And when you get to the crux, when you're asking them, what is your hope? It's chapel. Oh, that's going to fail you. That, that's not going to give you any hope. And even if we're not religious, we're still aware of this conscience, aren't we? I'm intrigued as to how uh, moral it is today. Uh, to put things in the right bin. That, that's no longer a matter of choice, is it? It's, it's a moral issue. Uh, and now it's becoming a moral issue not to eat meats. And if you're really moral, you're going to become a vegan. No, there's nothing wrong in being a vegan. I've got a vegan cookbook. I, I wouldn't mind living on falafels. But, but it doesn't make us right with God, does it? It, listen to what one hymnist they, they put it so much better than I can um, good old Augustus Top Lady do you know this is this somebody here this morning not the labours of my hands can fulfil thy law's demands could my zeal no respite no think of Luther think of the cults and all the visiting they uh, are able to make that's not going to give us brownie points with God could my tears forever flow when I started attending church people would be weeping at the communion table I thought that 
I needed to be like that in order to be accepted of God. That's not going to do anything. Oh, for sin cannot atone, cannot make us right with God. There's only one answer. You know the answer, don't you? Thou must save, and thou alone. There's the gospel, my friends. We're not justified by our own works. Oh, that's the negative. And now the positive. I need to come to this because this is my main point, and I need to hurry through this. What is justification? Oh, can I read again the verse? Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. What's the answer? Oh, it's a wonderful answer. It is so simple and yet it's so profound at the same time. We are justified by the law. Hang on, you say, you're contradicting yourself. No, I'm not. We're not justified by our own keeping of the law. We're justified by another's keeping of the law. You see, God's law is perfect. There's nothing wrong with God's law. The fault is with us. It's like when you see a sign, um, don't walk across the grass. There's something in your heart that wants to disobey that. That's the problem. Another, another. Jesus did it all. Um, I gave this illustration on Thursday. Jesus Christ paid sin's penalty. Uh, You you know, um, there are so many illustrations with parking uh, and with driving. I'm going to give you a new one. Uh, You know the fuss in the news recently about um, politicians uh, being caught on camera speeding and having a penalty, uh, having points on their license, and then lying, uh, saying that it wasn't them, trying to transfer those penalty points to somebody else. That was something that happened a few years ago. The law of the land doesn't allow us to transfer our penalty for breaking uh, the driving laws but Jesus Christ oh this is the wonderful news Jesus Christ paid the penalty that you and I deserve that's what happened on the cross that's why we've got broken bread his body uh, that's what it is pointing to that's why we've got wine it's the blood that was shed it's because he paid the penalty. Um, how did Mr. Hyam put it? Um, great is the gospel of our glorious God, where mercy met the anger of God's rod. A penalty was paid. Hallelujah. And pardon bought, and sinners lost at last to him were bought. We've broken the law. We're, we've got penalty points galore in terms of our record before a holy God. And if we die like this, we will have to suffer eternal hell in order to pay it back. 
But the good news is this. We don't have to suffer that. God sent somebody, even his own son. God became a man and he obeyed the law and he died on that cross by taking your penalty points and mine. What a saviour. Do you know what justification is? God the judge announces somebody not guilty because another has taken their guilt. Justification doesn't make you and I just. We're still, in a sense, sinners. But in terms of our legal standing, because our penalty has been transferred to another, we are considered just. Isn't that amazing? And what's more amazing is this. In a court of law, a person has to be found innocent before they're pronounced not guilty. In the gospel, it is not innocent people that are pronounced acquitted, but guilty. Now, somebody might pipe up, and understandably so, Pastor, that's not fair. That's not fair. Well, of in one sense, of course it's not fair. If we're thinking about what we deserve, we've got no hope. If fair comes into it, there's no heaven for anybody. It's grace. <laughs> Amazing grace. Or as Wesley put it, it's not about fair. It's about mercy all. <laughs> How glad am I of that this morning? You should be glad as well. Immense and free. You see, God commends. God makes obvious his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I think that's an amazing truth. Uh, Thy works, not mine, O Christ. Speak gladness to this heart. They tell me all is done. They bid my fear depart. That's what Luther found out. It didn't happen suddenly with Luther. It gradually dawned upon him that we're not justified by law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Let me just give you some other things. I really want every one of you to see it and to trust in Jesus Christ this morning. Oh, let me give you other amazing things about justification by faith. Think of a court of law. If a person is pardoned in a court, that person can go out and in the future they can commit another crime, can't they? And become guilty all over again. Do, do you know, when it comes to justification... That's never going to happen. Because when Jesus died on that cross, it wasn't just our past sins that he was paying the penalty for, but our present sins, our future sins, all of our sins were laid on him. Uh, one of my favorite hymns, and I'm sure it's the favorite of many of us here, puts it like this. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. How can thinking about sin be a blessing? It's this. My sin is transferred to another. My sin, not the part, but the whole, is nailed to his cross. 
and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, O my soul. O my friend, if you are in Jesus Christ this morning, and that means if you are completely depending on him for your standing before God, then you are absolutely secure. That's what justification by faith means. You are in a better position than Adam and Eve were in paradise before they fell because there was always the possibility of them disobeying God, as happened. But in the last Adam, Jesus Christ, we are completely secure because all our guilt has been dealt with. God would be unjust to condemn you and I. Wonderful. You know, this is, um, this is like a South Indian meal to our souls when we realize it. It's not like some spiritual fast food that gives you a short-lived high and then makes you hungry again. It's not like our British food, which can be stodgy and heavy. Oh, this is like a, a good uh, South Indian biryani. It warms the cockles of your spiritual hearts. You know, I'm right with God for all eternity. And I didn't do a thing. And then I'll hurry through these things so that we can come to the table. Even if a person is pardoned, uh, think of, um, do they still have a royal pardon? Uh, maybe, I don't know if they do, but think of a presidential pardon. I think that's still there. Uh, a person on death row can receive presidential pardon. But even then, Although that person is free, he's still got a criminal record. There's still that record of the wrong that he did. Now listen, when we believe in Jesus Christ, the slate is wiped completely clean. There's no more record. Now, isn't that amazing? Uh, Micah says, God in Christ has thrown our sins into the depths of his ocean. And in uh, the world's oceans, in the Pacific, you've got the Mariana Trench. That's the deepest you can go. But in God's ocean, there is no bottom. Your sins and my sins, if Christ has borne them, they are completely obliterated. And somebody wisely said, and God has also put up a no fishing sign. Because <laughs> we fish them up, don't we? Completely blotted out if somebody was to do a search history of your sins even if you've been able to wipe them uh, intellectually if somebody was to be able to do uh, something and uh, see any traces of your sins there's nothing to be found hallelujah it's all been blotted out in the precious precious blood his blood can cleanse our sins and make them whiter than snow. Don't you remember the first time you saw this? How you sparkled like fresh snow. <laughs> and then one more thing. Justification. I remember hearing this definition when I first became a Christian. God treats you just as if I'd never sinned. Can you get that? Just as if I'd never sinned. Now, that's wonderful, but that's just half of it. There's a positive. You see, um, think of it like this. 
when I was a student, when I had my bank accounts, they were mostly in debit, in the red. So spiritually, we're in debit by nature, aren't we? That's why there's this horrible penalty uh, that has to be paid. Uh, and infinitely in debts. That's why hell is eternal. And what Jesus Christ took was all that debts upon himself. All our debts were uh, on him laid in his accounts. And he's paid it. And then, this is the glorious thing. His accounts, which is in credits. Do you know how much in credit? Infinitely in credit, because he's the son of God. Is transferred into our spiritual bank accounts. Instant transfer. The moment you trust in Jesus Christ, your debt is cleared and your accounts is his righteousness. So what God sees, this is the amazing thing, is not just a person who hasn't sinned. He sees a person who is beautiful and perfect as his son. Now, you and I may not feel like that, but that's got nothing to do with it. We may not act like that. We may still fall into sin. But in terms of the judge, what he says, I see no iniquity in Jacob. I only see beauty. You see, the, in one sense, this is the only item of clothing you need to have. In terms of God. You know, not, not a suit or something else. There's a casual dress code these days, I find. That's nothing. Have you got the beautiful righteousness of Jesus Christ? The robe of righteousness. That all, that counts. Uh, well, I, I need to come to a conclusion. Do you know what Martin Luther said? When this dawned upon him. Do you know what he said? I love these words. He said, this truth is the gate to paradise. The gate to heaven. Heaven's gate. Oh, have you seen it? I pray you will. And if you have. Just abandon yourself to Jesus Christ. That's all you do. You just say, Lord, I'm putting all my hopes in you. If you fail, it's all over. But if you succeed, I am more than conqueror. Uh, may God bless us and may God make this church a place that ever focuses on justification by faith in Christ alone.